per usual, I'm going to open up my random spot into my dad jokes book. Because uh, they make happy. Make make me happy. Um. <laughs> I got mugged by six dwarves last night. Not happy. <laughs> Glad to hear happy wasn't in <laughs> That's funny. Oh boy. Well, I know that everybody's clearly here for my funny, funny jokes and not what we actually have to talk about, right? <laughs> uh, well, welcome everybody. Back again to another episode of The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. I'm Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And today we are going to talk about why we get multiple medical bills and kind of the the medical billing process and how how insurance steps in and where it gets a little confusing sometimes because it I I know that we've talked about certain occasions previously where i i just i didn't have my head on straight and there were several times that uh say say i go in to get a doctor's checkup or go into the hospital and there's uh there's there's an emergency that happened and i pay for my copay they give me a bill i i handle it right there and then still months later i get another one and then it feels like another one after that or I'll call about one that I'm asking about and they'll say, Oh no, that was, that was a mix up. You don't have to worry about that one. Or, Oh no, that's the same one as this one. And it, it just always seemed so convoluted to me and I needed to take some time to learn about kind of how the process worked and why that may or may not happen. Just, I've kind of learned about it the hard way. (laughs) And, uh, I, I thought today would be a, a good chance to kind of go over a super general basic process of how medical billing worked and why some of those things might happen and what it means for you for everybody is there is there anything that you're you're thinking of that sticks out in your mind about that topic before we dive in no not necessarily i mean we we talked about it a couple episodes ago how medical billing has become or why it became such a big thing and why it's now so convoluted and requires an expert to do it and that's why you feel like you need to be an expert to interpret it as well. Right. So, yeah, Absolutely. help 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 them interpret it, Chris. Okay. Now, <laughs> if everyone's ready for the blind to lead the blind, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to move forward on it. Uh, uh, for everybody's sake, what I'm using is as really just more of a guide than anything. We're just going to talk about these general topics, but I, I feel like this is going to keep us more on an organized path. Is I'm I'm using a article from a website as our guide so if you get interested in reading the full article itself go ahead and go check it out it's called medical billing and coding online.com <laughs> and uh this section specifically is called course two the medical billing process so if i sit here and hem and haw and i'm reading something then i'm hoping that i edit it out properly <laughs> so that you don't see me going uh, uh, um and just reading but uh, if you would like to read it yourself you have the opportunity to 
go check it out. That's that's what we're using as the guide today. Uh, so the the stages that it looks at is is making sure that you understand everybody's responsibility for the payment and making sure that the evaluation for the insurance coverage and who's responsible for it is is accurate and and that the collection is complete so that the transaction is complete and that's the medical billing process they go this is the amount of treatments that you've received and we want to make sure that the proper bill goes to the proper people and like Sean mentioned you really need an expert to keep track of all of that because it gets a little convoluted uh, but that's that's the purpose of the billing process and that's why experts are in place to handle it and that's why they have a full job dedicated to it so that this gets a little bit less murky and somebody is doing some of the lake work to try and get that organized uh, the first step is the patient check-in process uh, when you're actually getting involved in the patient check-in process you are calling a doc you're calling the office you're letting them know hey i've got this this issue hey i've got uh, preventative maintenance that I want to look into and you set up the appointment and when they're doing that they're able to pull up your medical records because it's your doctor in theory here and your doctor is going to be able to pull up what some of those possibilities are if this is a recurring issue uh, what types of treatments have been done in the past and the reason that matters is because there are some occasions that the insurance that is going to get used and going to get covered that you've used in the past might have covered certain things previously and if that's the case in a perfect world you have a system that's set up where you are guaranteed to receive this treatment you know you're going to need it they know you're going to need it you call ahead of time and you schedule this treatments going to happen they will bill insurance ahead of time so that they get paid and ready to go and then in theory the whole process runs smoothly that way because then you give them a phone call and and everything is is organized ahead of time uh, but it's I feel like it's kind of rare to come across those things I think a, a good example of when it does work that way is something like dialysis and what dialysis is doing is is when you're having kidney issues and uh, you're you're having what they call end-stage renal disease uh, your kidneys are starting to fail then it helps remove a lot of the waste that is floating around in your body the the waste extra water salt different contents that are sitting up as uh, extra chemicals that are in your blood um, as like potassium and sodium and uh, bicarbonate and you're you're pulling that out of your system so that you function normally so that your heart fires regularly and that's something that is constant and constantly being performed for somebody and so they know that the treatment's going to happen that treatment happens every week and oftentimes that's going to be approved ahead of time because the patient's <laughs> kidney failure is not suddenly going to change it's just a matter of <laughs> the times that they show up right anything anything to mention on that no i was just picturing uh, the, the the guy in renal failure I'm cured. My kidneys are working again. You know, like uh, Robin Hood men in tights. I was just thinking that. He hits the ground. I can see. It's a miracle. <laughs> and then he runs into the tree. Nope. nope. I was wrong. Uh, I was wrong. Yep. <laughs> a Blinken. Did you say A Blinken? No, I said A Blinken. Never mind. Okay. 
so, <laughs> so stop me if I'm wrong, but I feel like after the uh, you know the call, you schedule the appointment. You know mm-hmm. that's the first first step when you you come into the office. You know, m- more often than not, you're probably going to have to pay a copay. So you're, yes. you're forking out some money right off the bat, and then you're expecting, you know, with the anticipation that insurance kicks in. And so that's one of the areas where, you know, you almost feel like you're getting multiple bills because you've already paid something. And now any type of bill you receive later on feels like a second hit. Yes. And I'm trying to think of how to how to word that fancier. Let me think. Well, I'm not um, fancy enough for you, huh? Uh, you're fancy AF. And <laughs> I'm, I'm making you fancy AFF. <laughs> uh, I, I'm trying to think. I, I didn't stir my tea counterclockwise. I stirred it <laughs> clockwise or something. No, this is America. <laughs> it's supposed to be counter. Counter? Well, it's America. It's probably supposed to be coffee. It, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> supposed to snort your coffee here. <sighs> okay. Yeah, okay. I want to know. I'm a tea drinker myself. So are you? Do you? Put yeah, I can't cream do coffee in, in your tea. Uh, certain types, uh, like English breakfast or something like that, or even uh, chai. Then I'll uh, add like cream or something along those lines. But I actually tend to prefer like. Uh, either fruit flavored black teas that are very flavor flavorful in and of themselves, or green teas, especially like a nice jasmine. Oh, a nice jasmine. Yeah, jasmine silver <laughs> needle. That is my my jasmine favorite. silver needle. Yeah, I've never had that. That sounds. You good. You should give it a try sometime. I should yeah. Check I, out Adagio if you have some good stuff. Yeah, half the time their jasmine silver needles sold out. Though I think it's probably their most popular tea. I like uh, like the spiced teas. Yeah, it's kind of got like a bite to it. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, I <laughs> I absolutely stepped all over Sean a little bit earlier uh, with with something that he was explaining very well, and you don't even know it because I edited it all fancy, but. If you could mention the next step, because now we are arriving to the doctor's office and there there is likely to be a copay that's going to happen. Okay, now we're at the doctor's office and you signed in and then then they go, Sean, you're next. Then what's what's going to happen? You get up to the front and is there a uh, copay Probably involved? even before they, they call your name, you when you check in, they're probably going to ask for a copay. Right, um, that's what I meant. Yeah, I, I, at that stage, they're asking for a copay basically to say, hey, you got to pay something up front in order to get the service and uh, then we'll bill your insurance later. The intent of the copay was really designed to, from the insurance standpoint, to make sure you had some skin in the game, if you will. If it was all going to be on the insurance company, then there, you know, aside from the time commitment, there'd be no reason for you not to go in for anything and everything. Yeah. So then the copay is established, and then you go in and you are headed in for your treatment. And that could be right. Uh, your so that general... was your first bill, the copay. Yes. There, there. Look at you making lists. There's your first bill. <laughs> is the copay, and uh, your copay will vary, vary depending on uh, where you're coming from. Your insurance from. and what your the services, the pro- 
you know what you're having done right absolutely yeah. and and it that's that's something that's too long to get into as to the different variations and uh feel free to go back and review our insurance premiums employers versus individuals for some info on that <laughs> um depending on your different copay that you're looking at uh will vary how much skin you're going to put into the game ahead of time and then that's when you're going to go ahead and have your treatments that are going to happen if it's if it's blood work or you're you're furthering a uh, a form of tests that have to go out to certain labs depending on what it is is when the bill starts to get formed and so past the copay and they're they're essentially making a list and going down the list they go okay well we needed to rule out these things so we we did blood work we did the eyes ears nose inspection evaluation we did uh, a general say say you're you're having issues on a more of an emergency side say they're concerned about possibilities of a stroke and so then you go in for a ct scan or you have an extremity injury and your your elbows all messed up maybe you have to get an mri and that's when these things start to get added on top of it but sometimes they have to get billed out and so if you have to get sent say say the blood work blood work is a great example sometimes the blood work can be drawn at the facility itself but then it gets sent out somewhere else where they have a third party that actually performs the blood work to be done and and through that that's where the billing can get a little bit messy the first stage of where it can get a little bit messy uh and that's that's because if it's a third party that's having this but you don't have that type of plan say you have a an hmo and uh, your HMO only allows you to be covered under a name of a certain hospital, and then they send this blood work to the 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 doctor's office that's next door because they they're closer and they specialize in it. Well, when that bill from that third party, that other doctor's office, goes to your billing company, your insurance billing company, uh, billing insurance company, the billing process. There's the word then that's when they're going to go, no, this came from something that's not under our name, not under our process, and so they would deny that claim. And in theory, you want to stay under that umbrella. And sometimes that gets a little sticky because you don't always have control over where that that lab goes, and because of that, that shouldn't be your problem. This is something that I dealt with personally, that we had to get some research done through a lab, we got sent to go to uh, a place to do some blood draws. They sent it out to be evaluated at a third party. The third party didn't recognize our insurance, or our insurance didn't recognize the third party. And so we got sent the full bill. But because we were following the plan of our HMO, and our physician specifically directed us to go to that location, we had to fight a little bit, but the insurance company was able to recognize that we were following the instructions of our physicians. So that could be bill number two that you might receive that would be outside of your normal medical bill. Your normal medical bill of the evaluations and just the visit itself might be from a third party company. Right, and I would also add there, what is a third party may be a bit uh, of a gray area in terms of uh, from a consumer standpoint, because you may see a your primary care physician 
in a hospital and they might have their office in the hospital hospital but they might not actually be part of that that hospital in instances so even though if they refer you to like a third party for a, a whether it be the blood work or a cat scan or uh, some kind of you know an ear nose and throat specialist or whatever it may be elsewhere in that hospital then you may receive a bill for that like you were talking about that primary care visit from your uh, primary care physician and then the additional bills from those other uh, people inside the hospital. So even though, so you, you might expect you're going into this hospital, they should all be connected. Anybody I see in there should all be part of the same network, part of the same thing, but that's not necessarily the case. It all depends on how your hospital, how your physician is set up and what third parties you end up seeing and who actually is a third party so because sometimes they're contracted out and sometimes the contract is within the hospital itself right yeah and just because you know they they share a physical location doesn't necessarily mean they're the same company in some instances so there's all sorts of different setups when it comes to that and when when these are all being kept track of you're you're looking at the the different uh, sections that are being sent out to these third parties and uh, when when it's all being put together, essentially this like shopping list that's happening to you uh, of, of all the things that that have been treated and, and evaluated and, and looked at and and it gets sent out and it gets sent out through a coding system and it's coded using either ICD or CPT and this is this is different variations of diagnoses treatments uh, and, and through the coding the reason the coding makes sense is it starts to get sent out to these medical billers uh, through the coding, depending on how it's broken down. And these have to meet certain standards that are with the uh, the officer inspector general. This has to meet HIPAA, uh, and that's they have to meet these requirements before they're even allowed to go out. And then once they do go out, they're already coded. And it's it's to help with a an automated system that's electronic nowadays because it's it's a lot easier and it makes more sense um and they're a lot more accurate but that doesn't mean that they are entirely error proof because sometimes there there's there was a switch over from the ICD-9 CM to the ICD-10 that's super fancy and I I don't really know what what it means <laughs> honestly but there was a there's a transition that happened between the systems that even though there is change happening within the electronic system kind of like the concerns with y2k <laughs> when when all of the years changed over that it it created some errors within the system and you can't entirely keep up with all of that uh, and and so some of these errors get created in the coding and billing process going down the line which unfortunately as a consumer can sometimes wind up going to you now when when there is an issue they can go into the software and they can adjust it so that it's not as problematic to you or it it shouldn't be problematic to the next person that's down the road but be aware that sometimes these these bills that can get sent out do have the possibility of just being a general error which is why it's important to always evaluate all of the bills that come to you and see and make sure that these are in fact accurate and it's it's worth taking the time to make a phone call if you need to saying hey can you explain this to me this is this is your bill this is your money and taking the time to learn more about it nobody will fault you for it you have anything you want to add on that while i'm reading 
No, I mean, just kind of going off of your uh, earlier analogy, you know, going through the grocery store and picking up the different services in this case, um, even though it might be, you know, one store, it's not necessarily one convenient checkout. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't always get the Kroger discount that you might want. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't always get those coupons on the back. You got to look at the receipt to find the coupons. Okay, this is a sudden and unexpected break because I'll be honest with you. The stuff that we're covering today is a, is a touch dry. It's a touch dry even for me. And uh, so I figure, what better way to break up a little dry conversation than with some very proper dad jokes? Saddle up, Sean, because you're my only audience right now. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Apart from, like, adding a laugh track, I, I, can't, I can't do anything else about it. So, <clears throat> let's see. Um... My grandfather is 85, and he still doesn't need glasses. He drinks straight from the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, one more, one more, one more, one more. Uh, Why did the coffee pot file a police report? It was mugged. It was mugged. It was mugged. Jeez. And then then now we're going to get back on track. Sometimes the the billing process as well is is almost sent to a third party to help organize these things. If it's not done through a billing within the hospital system as well, they will send it to a third party that helps us organize it to send the proper insurance claim to the proper insurance provider, and that's called a clearinghouse. Uh, it acts as a liaison, and it's it's used with electronic claims specifically, but it's not always used in the case of, of every billing process. The clearinghouse, because it's a third party, isn't always included when you're looking at things like Medicare, TRICARE, Medicaid, because it can go directly to them at those points. And uh, it's just something to be aware of that there might be an extra step that's happening because it's not always a billing that's happening within the hospital itself or within your HMO plan. It might be going to the clearinghouse to get sent out and get disseminated. Then when you're receiving payment, uh, the receiving the payment, receiving the charges coming from uh, the, say it's coming from the clearinghouse itself, or say it's coming from the insurance company or coming from the hospital, you will receive a bill of some sort. Now this becomes the next step that you're looking at. When you're looking at these, this is when I used to get confused, especially where you go, okay, I paid for my copay. All right, I paid for the treatments that happened in the hospital and then it's a month it's two months later and you're receiving this bill for another five hundred dollars you go what what just happened why why is this happening to me and that's where it comes into making sure that you read what has happened because if you're reading it this might be the third party lab that we're talking about this might be what was not covered at the time but it also might be the amount that's coming from the inpatient care because you got to remember and and feel free to to go back to our deductibles episodes for some referencing but uh, when you're looking at this you're meeting up to your annual out-of-pocket maximum 
and uh, oftentimes if you are say your your out of pocket is two thousand dollars then it's very likely that your inpatient is going to be a cap out of about five hundred bucks so in theory you shouldn't pay any more than five hundred dollars when you were in the emergency room for this treatment that you received and if you receive something beyond that then it will be from those third parties or maybe you were paying outright for the things that were going to cost out of pocket when you were at the hospital at the time and then this is your inpatient care so that would be the next step that would come up on the bill that you need to be looking for is that have you met your out-of-pocket maximum because once you have that's when the numbers start to change and depending on your plan it might be completely covered or it might be 10 percent of the treatments that you received that you have to pay out of pocket and look at your insurance coverage look at what coverage you need uh, in order to be aware of of what these things look like that's, that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to understand how this all breaks down well in addition to the uh you know meeting your um deductible and then the the coinsurance paying your portion of that uh there may be instances in which you receive a service or um the the provider recommends some kind of treatment that the insurance company doesn't necessarily cover so they kick that back the insurance pays what they're they're going to pay and then they kick back and say hey this other piece is not covered and then the hospital turns around and says hey we got to bill you for this too right and that that comes back to the coding system because when you're looking at the codes and the codes that get sent out sometimes the the treatment itself might be covered but maybe the reasoning for the treatment isn't covered i i know that when you're looking at a a medicare side if you are under medicare and you call an ambulance uh, then through part of the billing process of the ambulances they start evaluating the codes that are in place that happen within the system they will ask uh, are you able to walk to the ambulance uh, did you have to get carried out what level of consciousness did you have because depending on those levels that are happening in there may or may not meet the coding that is covered under there because the uh, the ambulance company will send out the bill to the insurance company or to Medicare in this case and will say these are the things that happened we expect some reimbursement and in very simple terms Medicare believes that if you can walk to the ambulance on your own without any assistance without uh, any direction really because you're completely coherent then you had the ability to also take that you also have the ability to coherently call a taxi and to take a taxi and that's where that gets a little messy because now you go well I thought my ambulance ride was covered because this was an emergency and maybe what you needed was in fact an emergency but because you had the capability to get there on your own might not be covered due to the coding does that make sense my oh yeah I'm making sense so yeah at, when when you're looking at that I, I know I'm, I'm harping on this when this bill comes back to you and you see that partially uh, you see that you only have partial coverage on say an ambulance ride then you might want to look at why you might want to look at what the billing said and make sure that that is in fact the case and and talk with whoever it is that you need to whether that was in fact the ambulance company the insurance policies what whatever the circumstances may be but taking the time to evaluate the whole process 
uh, and and you're not missing anything. And that's that's why Medicare Medicaid can be a little deceptive because people very commonly feel that okay, well now I have this coverage, I should have everything covered. And in a lot of ways, you do get a, a number of things covered due to it, but it has to meet their criteria. It has to meet their coding in order for it to run smoothly in order for there to not be not be any more confusion all right well i know that this was this was relatively short and sweet and short 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 and sweet short i can't i can't speak either i i understand this was relatively short and sweet and to the point and i in a way i kind of hope that that's the case because this this is just a simple explanation as to how the process works and what the things are that you need to be aware of and what to look for and and to make sure that you're moving forward with these things in mind because then it's it's not so much that somebody is trying to pull the wool over your eyes it's it's more just that sometimes these things happen because the process has been streamlined and through technology and coding it gets a little gets a little messy and if you're aware of how things are happening you can also be aware of when things shouldn't be happening a different way you you if you know how things go right you can understand how things go wrong uh, do you want to try and throw a throw a mini summary together for for the the process for us here i'm totally throwing you under the bus and that's fine no you're good um, <laughs> but yeah, throw me I mean, a mini summary and then that way if you if i missed anything then you can you can touch on it yeah i mean as far as the process goes it's uh you're you're checking in you come into the hospital or the clinic, you're going to be hit with a copay right off the bat in most instances. Um, and like we said, that's kind of the insurance's way of making sure you have some skin in the game. Uh, following that, you get a variety of services, maybe even some uh, follow-ups and uh, third-party recommendations, be it you know blood work, uh, CAT scans, additional experts that you need to go see. And that all ends up being coded and whether or not, you know, the, the billing process can be completed by one group or completed by multiple groups depends on how they're affiliated. Then it gets processed by your insurance or in some cases, multiple processing happens because they're being sent multiple codes from different third parties. And then the insurance comes back and says, okay, these are the things we're covering in this instance. These are the things we're covering or the percentage we're covering in this instance. And then over here, we're not covering this. And then ultimately you get sent additional bills down the road in addition to your copay. Uh, first, cover your, make sure you've covered your, met your full deductible. Then also to meet your uh, any coinsurance and then anything that your insurance provider was not going to cover either because it was, you know, the the way in which it was presented was not covered or the service itself was not covered. And a variety of things can happen that can delay each of those processes resulting in you getting bills over a period of time for a variety of different things. And that's where a lot of confusion confusion comes into play. And like Chris was saying, that's why you also want to take some time to read through everything that you've received to make sure that no errors were made along the way so that you're it's being billed properly and you're not getting hit with anything that you shouldn't be. But now that we're aware of all that, it's it's good to move forward and really do everything that you can 
to handle preventative measures. And that's going to be going and seeing your, your primary care physician, making sure to touch base and make sure that your health is on point. Because if you're able to handle this ahead of time and get ahead of the game, you're less likely to have these larger bills down the road to to try and recuperate for where you could have just had better maintenance and better care for yourself early on. And when you're looking at preventative things, then you're also going to want to look at the possibility of having your money ready in a like like we discussed in the in the deductible episode. You want to have your money ready in case there is a circumstance where you're needing to use it. You, you don't need this this surprise bill to show up and have that be what cripples you or cripples you even just for the next month. And it's best to have those deductibles ready and available. And whether that's your entire out-of-pocket or a family entire out-of-pocket uh, maximum, to, to, to be prepared for those circumstances is really what's going to soften a lot of the blows moving forward, regardless of the type of insurance policy that you have. Because as long as you're aware and you pick the policy that you want because it best suits you, then that's that's how you form that moving forward and just being aware of all the things that are happening around you. I think that's a that's a good little bow on top of everything, I think. I think that kind of wraps it up well. What do you think? Yeah, it works for me. Great. Well, uh, thank you again for coming out and joining us today. And what I try to continue to say, thank you for being here to try and take the time to want to better yourself because I feel like that's a, a rare thing nowadays. And we appreciate you being here and taking the time to listen to us. Thank you for joining us on the next episode of The Truth About Investing Back to Basics. I'm Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And we will catch you next time. We'll, we'll, you'll catch us. You'll listen to us. I'm, I'm still working on it. It's fine. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Halling is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Halling represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice and is informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. 
Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for the compensation shall not be made without our first complying with the jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator. This has been a test of the emergency disclosure system. (laughs) So, one, two... No, and then and then you and then you count. So I'll go one, then you go two. I'm just trying See, to get the timing wha- thing. I'm just trying to get timing. Is all it is. Because oh, gotta, okay, go ahead. One, two, three, four. All right, cool. That's all I really need. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not to brag, but I have this incredible talent of predicting what's inside a wrapped present. It's a gift. oh man (laughs) I guess I'd have to look up exactly what that is what the hell am I talking about okay uh yeah thank you for mentioning tea there there Sean uh cause speaking (laughs) of tea and how healthy it is I've got some words about health because an apple a day, a, a tea a day keeps the doctor away. <laughs> I'm not sure we could have gotten much more off topic there. That was... Oh, was... God. I, yeah, that's that's so confusing. Tea. Who talks about tea in a financial podcast? All right. Yeah, we're going to need to do some clipping and... Ugh. Yeah, like a chainsaw. We... Yeah, by we, I mean you. (laughs) That's right.